Welcome to Belfast City Vineyard, where we are pursuing formation in the presence of Jesus, community gathered around him, and the impact he empowers us to bring in our families, city, and the world. The following message was given at one of our Sunday services. For more information, visit our website at BelfastCityVineyard.com. Well, good morning. Welcome. Thanks so much for being with us today. My name's Andy. I'm thrilled that you've joined us and welcome if you've been with us as part of BCV for a long time or if you're brand new this morning, you're incredibly welcome. Today we're pushing pause on our series working through Mark's gospel, but if you're if you missed last week, I would just so encourage you. Sarah Crawford was preaching from Mark's gospel. It was amazing. You can find that on our website, it'd be well worth your time to be all caught up with us in our Mark preaching series. Uh, but today we are just going to pause from that series and talk a little bit about where we are as a church, where we've been, and where we're going. And we are entering just another state of change as a church, and I thought it would be healthy and helpful just to name it and to talk about it. Uh, it's going to be less a sermon and more like a family chat and encouragement about where we've been, where we're going and where we currently are. And I have some things that I want to share uh, with us that I think are invitations from the Lord for us, even in this weird season of renovations and waiting and borrowed space. Some things that I think are there for us to embrace and respond to now, and also as we look at and think about the future. So if you're new here or just visiting and wondering if this place could be home, this is actually a really good Sunday to be here. You're going to hear a bit of our story, a bit of our heart, and our hopes for the future and what kind of a community the Lord is building here. So it's a great Sunday to be here. So I just want to begin with some really practical comments uh, and then go a bit further after that. So let's talk about slowing the pace as we get really practical. We're in the last stage of this part of our building journey. It's change and stretch and grow again uh, in all the midst of that. It's a little bit challenging, uh, but this time with a renovated home of our own on the horizon. Really exciting. Works on the building began on the 8th of August. We're still hopeful for a mid-January finish, but it's early days and we're going to be keeping you up to date uh, as best we can with all of that stuff. So watch this space. Uh, we really think that this season, these months ahead are important and it's about finding the right pace so we can finish this leg of our race really, really well. We're going to pace ourselves properly and put energy into the right thing. So this autumn won't be a time of like lots of new initiatives, big programs launching and extra services on top of extra services and things like that. We're going to slow the pace down in that way. So we'll be doing Friday church as normal. We're going to do our online offering and we're going to do one Sunday service. And in those environments, we'll go for it as we always do with no apology. So there'll be worship and preaching and ministry uh, for every age. Uh, but we are going to slow it down to be one in-person Sunday service. Uh, another big area of emphasis and priority to put some energy into in this season is our life groups. Life groups are going to be really important in this season. Life groups are, or small groups are a place where we come together uh, online or in people's homes for midweek community. They're places where we build friendship, where we stay in and grow in relationship with others, where we grow in our lives with Jesus, where it's where we get cared for and also help care for others and 
Um, it's where we live out the life of following Jesus with people who are trying to do the same thing. And in this season of change and waiting, it's never been more important. So can I encourage you to please consider being in a life group, being in a small group. You can sign up for one right now over on our website. There's a variety of different, there's over 20 different life groups and courses being offered. Uh, so I would encourage you, uh, prioritize that. Don't become isolated. Uh, really do put some energy into that. It's really important in this season. And of course, for these next couple of months, we're not stopping everything. We'll continue to do other types of ministry. But again, we're not launching like a thousand new things and things like that. We're asking you to prioritize Sundays and gathering together. And we're asking you to prioritize life groups and community. We're going to slow the pace, stay together, because we want to be present to what's happening right now. We're not just trying to check out and wait for we ha- until we have a a nice new building and things like that. We want to be present to what's happening now, but we want to go at a pace that is really going to help us do that and embrace what God is preparing for us. That's some of the practicals there, some practical thoughts, but I have a few more reflections that I want to share with us that I hope will help us see what God is saying to us and inviting us into, and I would really love for you to reflect on these. And I want to begin by just simply naming some things. You know, when we're going through hard and difficult times, it is healthy and helpful to just name it, right? And it just even just naming things out loud helps. And in the past couple years alone, we've been through a ton as individuals and as a church. We've been through a lot, haven't we? And just to help us, just to name it and just to help us remember. And as I say these things, maybe they'll trigger things for you. Um, we just begin to remember and even name it in your own mind, in your own heart. And uh, what's helpful is it helps us not just fast forward into the next task and it helps us process through things and even prayerfully process through things. Uh, I listened really recently to a really helpful podcast with respected Christian leader and author John Eldridge and he was talking about how through COVID we have all been through a global trauma and we bear the effects of that to some degree or another. And we certainly bear those effects as individuals. We have a lot as individual people. We have a lot to grieve. Some of us have lost loved ones. We all have lost opportunities. We all have experienced this pretty radical perceived loss of control and outcomes. We're all experiencing massive global and even financial instability. And the list just keeps going on and on of what we have suffered individually as a result of a global trauma from this pandemic. And maybe you just want to take a second and add to the list what you personally are grieving, what you've suffered, and you just need to name it. It's been hard and it's been overwhelming. And the same is true for us as like a, as a body, as a church. It's been really challenging as well. We lost our venue of 15 years, Fleming Fulton School, and we ended up online, right? We're learning how to do church and life and school and everything online in lockdown. Uh, we finally returned in person, but we were wearing masks and couldn't sing. And we were there in Windsor Presbyterian. Our friends there uh, bailed us out and gave us a place where we could at least meet. Uh, but we had to figure out church in a borrowed space at a different time. Other churches got to go back into the space that they always knew and it was just a little bit easier. We had to go into a completely new space, borrowed space, and even meet at a different time. So it was really, it was actually a bit 
traumatic and difficult for people wearing masks and all of that. It was a really vulnerable time. We didn't have very many options at all in terms of venue. And, you know, I'm, I'm naming these things. You might be sitting here like, look, I lived it. I was there. But again, helpful to name it remember it and begin to process it. Then Cave Hill uh, came into view, which was wonderful, and we were able to purchase it last December without any debt. Uh, but, and then we moved in for a couple of months, and we did a giving campaign and had high hopes for that to raise funds as we prepared for the renovations. But no sooner did we settle a bit and land all of that, then it was, now it's time to move out again as renovations have begun. And if you think about all of that for a second, just in like our building provision, uh, our, the shape of our church has changed radically multiple times over the last two years. And there's been ups and downs, there's been radical uncertainty, there's been huge inconvenience, and it's been really, really difficult. On top of that, we as a church have suffered loss. We have had people who've changed churches due to geography or other reasons, and, and they're no longer among us. We've had people step away from our church, step away from faith, uh, which is really, really hard and really painful for everyone. We've had people just disappear where we, despite efforts, haven't been able to, to track them down. And then we have also lost people who have, we love, who have passed away. The first two special services we had in our Cave Hill building were funerals, and that is not how uh, I certainly dreamed of having a home of our own. There's been a lot of challenge. There's been a lot to grieve. And just before we move on, I just want to pause for a minute and say that you are a tough, resilient, generous, faithful, compassionate, merciful, powerful church that is still contending and looking to Jesus despite all of the things that I have just named. And I just want to say, I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud to be one of your leaders. It's been hard, but you have been overcomers. You are overcomers and you're resilient. And maybe it doesn't feel like that wherever you're sitting, watching, and listening to this. Maybe it hasn't felt graceful or easy over the last while, but you have stood firm and the Lord is with you and the Lord is with us. And I am grateful to the Lord and I'm grateful to you. Well, it's important to name and acknowledge the losses and the challenges and griefs, but it's also important to remember that we have been led every step of the way. And I think it's actually even more important to remember and acknowledge and name how the Lord has been faithful to us and provided to, for us. We've got to be honest about the hard things. We've got to be honest about the good things and how the Lord has been with us. And as we've followed Jesus together through this time, somehow there has always been enough. Despite everything and despite the challenges, we've always had a building. We've always had a venue to gather in weekly. We've never gone without. We've always had enough finances, not just to maintain what we're doing, but we've actually had enough to move forward dramatically, certainly in terms of our building situation. We've been able to welcome a lot of new people into our family, which is incredible and just wonderful. We've even welcomed people who have decided to follow Jesus for the first time or return to following Jesus, having stepped away for a while. And that is amazing and an answer to huge amounts of prayer. We've never stopped caring for the poor and the marginalized in our compassion ministries. We've seen Jesus heal people and restore people and much much 
more. At every stage, in every way, we have been led. We've been led by the Lord through the wilderness. We may not have been clear where we're going, but what has been clear is He was leading us every step of the way. His presence has gone with us. It's held us in unity, and He's provided for us. So many times, He made a way for us where it didn't look like there was a way. And not just with us as a church. He's done that for you as individuals. There's a reason the scriptures tell us to remember, to remember the goodness and the provision of the Lord over and over and over again because it builds faith. It gives us courage for the next leg of the journey. It reminds us that He's with us. He's been with us in the past and He will be with us in the future and we can keep going because He's leading us and we need to remember that. Uh, Just uh, recently, I came back from a summer holiday back in the States with our family. And for part of it, we were back where I grew up, but for part of it, we were uh, in Chicago, in the Chicagoland area. And for the very first time, uh, Harmony and I took our kids uh, back to where we, uh, we met each other and got married and started that part of our life and where we were raised up in ministry and then even sent out, uh, launched out to come to Belfast and begin uh, that stage of our journey. We hadn't been back. We were meeting with people we hadn't seen for like over 20 years who were really a big part of our story. And it was a really emotional time. It was actually a really challenging time because it was a real reminder of how the Lord had led us as a family step by step. Uh, how He has over the years sustained us, loved us, cared for us, how we've been formed and shaped by Him. How His hand has been upon us, how His hand has guided us through each high and low of our lives. It was like a big giant moment of reflection, not just the time we spent in Chicago, but the time after Chicago, landing in Belfast, and, and how the Lord has led us every step of the way. Now, has everything gone great in my life? No, it has not. Do I still have questions and griefs? Yes, I absolutely do, just like you do. But What was undeniable was the thread of the faithfulness and momentum and provision of the Lord. It did something in me as I reflected on it. It stirred me to actually meet this next season and to step into this next season with faith and hope and my full attention because He is still leading. He is still providing. And I just realized I didn't want to opt out of that. I don't want to miss what is yet to come. And if He led me through all of those times, He will lead me through these times. If He's been faithful thus far, He will be faithful again. And what might He do? And I just wanted to offer that to you. Will you let that challenge you when it comes to our community and your life? That He has led us. He has constantly provided for us. Would you let that stir you to faith? And a time of actually pressing in and going again, leaning into that, asking, well, if he's provided all these things for us up to this point, what else will he provide? What other miracles are we going to see? What other, what other victories is he going to give us? You know, the stress and the trials and the burdens of life and the schemes of the enemy, they are real, uh, but they want to mask the truth that Jesus is alive, his story and gospel are utterly relevant and, he, and powerful and he is with us and he leads us and he strengthens and empowers us to live for him and to love and serve one another in community and then go out in thousands of different creative ways to see his kingdom come in the world around us. When we realize we have been led by the Lord and are being led by the Lord, it shifts everything. 
And again, not just in our church context, but in your life today. Where do you need that change in perspective? Remembering how He has led you. Remembering that He has been faithful to you. Maybe it hasn't been everything that you thought you wanted. Maybe you wouldn't say, I'm at the promised land stage here, but it's there, that thread of faithfulness and leading you. And what if you left here today, reaching for more in BCV and our collective family journey together, and also reaching for more in every part of your life, wherever the Lord has planted you? And what if you wanted to lean in and reach for more, not because you got a shot of adrenaline from the most awesome church service that you've ever been to, but because you encountered God afresh today and you were reminded that he is leading you and he's leading us and you want to respond to it in every way possible. What if you left with that? And what if it was you realized you can't afford to not be part of it? You can't afford to not see how he will lead you and provide for you next. And many of you right now, the Lord is and will be speaking to you about how he's led you over the years up until now, how he's provided for you, how he's prepared you, and how he's still leading. And now like a lot of stuff is coming together because you've been following Jesus for a long time. And things you've been dreaming about in the past, wondering about in the past, they're now coming back in to focus because the Lord is stirring him for this time and he's he's causing you to remember I've led you and I will lead you and now it is time to step into a moment particularly for those of you you've dreamt about ministry you've dreamt about leadership in God's kingdom you've dreamt about planting a church in different parts of the city I know you're like Andy we're just renovating a church and now you're talking about planting other churches and I know it is a bit crazy for this stage of our journey but I do feel like particularly for those stirred to call to plant a church or another expression of our church in another part of the city, the Lord is stirring dreams. He's stirring callings and he's showing you how he's led you every step of the way, even when it didn't seem like it. And he's calling you to an act of faith. Like if I led you then and I'm leading you now, I will lead you in the future and I will provide for you. And I believe that for people who are thinking about planting in church or leading in church or starting a business or pressing into the kingdom in thousands of different creative ways, today is a moment to re-engage and to step into all of that again, to say yes to your calling and destiny again, and to meet this moment with faith and action and steps forward. So, don't miss this moment. Don't miss this moment. Again, I'll be honest, um, as we move closer and closer to these seasons of renovation and waiting and borrowed space, I've found it really, really hard. I've, I've been really challenged. And I'll be honest and say there are many times where I wish I could push the fast forward button on everything. And I can remember uh, getting ready to jump on the plane back from Chicago to Dublin. We're sitting in O'Hare Airport and I was kind of processing everything that happened on the holiday and everything that I knew was awaiting me uh, back in Belfast. And I had this emotion like, I don't know if I can go for it again. Like, I know it's one last push, but it's 1 p.m., in a borrowed church hall and there's endless complications and managing the renovation and I was just like Lord help I don't know if I can if I had to do it today sitting on air airport I can't do it like Lord you need to help me you know it's not an ideal setup how we're doing it right now in these months and it's not an ideal time that we're able to meet together and it's just again another few months of stretch and grow and be flexible and make do make the best of it and to wait 
for things that are coming and pray and pray and pray. And it's like, can we do this? And I get it. It's a hard season. And like I said, I've been tempted to check out. And maybe you're tempted to check out and to check back in when we have a home of our own, like a nice new space. It's going to be a lot easier. But what I sensed in O'Hare Airport and what I've sensed from the Lord since is this, is to don't miss this moment right here for these months when we are waiting in borrowed space because we're not in a holding pattern for these months where nothing happens. The Lord is with us now and he has plans now and he is doing things even in it when it seems like we're just borrowing a hall and waiting for something to happen. And there are things we aren't going to want to miss, things that will form something in us that is vital for the next stage of the journey of fruitfulness when we do have a home of our own. Things that we don't get when we don't have to contend for something. It's hard to have grit and fight when you've never had to fight and contend and battle for anything at all. And the Lord is forming and shaping something in us. And I believe in these months, something is going to happen in our midst as we gather together in life groups, in Friday church, in Sunday afternoons in our venue. The presence of the Lord is going to be with us in unique ways. And if you were part of the the gathering last Sunday at one, you felt that, that even from the first Sunday in, the Lord's presence was with us powerfully. Is this season going to be a hard season? Probably is. They all are really, aren't they? Uh, So yes, it's going to be hard. Is this season going to be worth it? Yes, absolutely. It is going to be worth it. You know, I think some of what, we, what he is going to do in our midst in these months is going to be obvious and dramatic. But some of what he's going to do, we will only realize much later. We're going to look back and be like, oh, that thing that we're seeing operational now was formed in those months. God called me in those months, but it never came to pass until much, much later. Some things are going to be obvious and some things are going to be hidden for a while. But they're all going to be powerful and they're all going to be things that we don't want to miss. I am convinced that we're going to look back and tell stories about these times to our children and our grandchildren because we were faithful and we met with God and He met with us even when we thought it was at an awkward time and we were waiting. And so what if instead of I couldn't be bothered to go to church at one o'clock on Sunday afternoon in a strange hall, what if it's I can't afford not to? What if I can't afford not to? This moment is about being really present to what the Lord is doing in us, how he's teaching us, and what he's forming in us. It's not a holding pattern time, it's a preparation time. So speaking of that preparation time, I want to encourage us to begin to dream now. Begin to dream now. A few months ago, I was in a normal normal time of prayer, and I felt this kind of strange uh, word from the Lord kind kind of come to me. A strange phrase. And it was this, make room and honor dreams and speculative prayers. And I was kind of like in the middle of it, I was jolted out of my prayer time. I was like, Lord, what is that about? Like, what is that about? And then I felt like the Lord showed me person after person who've just kind of come through the doors at Cave Hill, people we'd never met before, but they, they've had, all had the same refrain. A good number of them said, you know what? We've been praying for a church like this to come for years and years. Some have even said, you know, it looked like that building was closed We've just been praying for a church to come and occupy that space. People were dreaming and praying about a church like ours. And I I have to confess, uh, I was shocked because 
the, you know, they, people were just praying and it looked to them like there was this time where nothing was happening. But the Lord was stirring people, real people who live in those real streets to dream and pray the kind of speculative prayers like, Lord, someday, could you do something? Lord, someday, I don't even know how, could there be a church like this in that spot? The kind of prayers that are less like praying for something that is up and running and present in the real world and more like reaching into the future with hope. Like someday, somehow, Lord, could we see this and could I be a part of it? That's what a speculative prayer is. And then all of a sudden, there it is and we turn up and they're there and they're here with us and it's amazing. And I felt like the Lord impressing upon me in that prayer time that dreaming and praying, even crazy speculative prayers, wasn't wasted time. It was seeding something. And Jesus said in John chapter 5, he said, Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. When we step into a rhythm of dreaming and praying, especially those speculative prayers, it's in those spaces where we get a sense of what the Father's doing and we get invitations to pray and to join Him in His work. Our intercession teams have been praying for two years or more around this area of North Belfast, around that building at Cave Hill, dreaming, praying speculative prayers, crying out as they walked about, And when they did that, they were kind of the vanguard. They were stepping into a very active, spiritually dynamic place. They were discerning where the Father's at work, and they were praying and praying right into that. And now we are stepping into something alive and active that will go beyond what we can ask or imagine. So this next season, as we have a slower pace, I want to ask you to make real space in your life for dreams and speculative prayers about your life, about your future, and certainly about the future of our church. And they might seem like moments that are wasted time, but they're seeding what will come. They're the seeding, they're sowing of the seed before the harvest, where we see where the Father's working or about to work, and we discern our part in it. Uh, what We discern what we are supposed to be doing alongside Him in this coming season, where, where does he have fruitfulness for us? Where is he asking us to serve? Where is he asking us to leave? Where, lead? Where does he have something creative and innovative that only we can bring to our family, to our school, to our workplace, to this church, to this part of Belfast or the part of Belfast where we live? Not the what do I have to do in this season, but what am I dreaming about with the Lord to do in this season? What would I sacrifice to make space for? Not what should the church do, But what is God asking me to do with my time, with my life, in the coming season for the sake of his kingdom? So as we slow the pace as part of church, and as we prioritize being present, will you pray and dream about the future? And listen, as we do that, as the Lord ignites dreams in us, it's going to come with great excitement. But it also is a chance to evaluate, do I have in place what I'm going to need for the next season? See, serious calls from God like you have on your life and we have on us as a church, serious calls from God need serious preparation. So do we have the rhythms in our life that keep us close to Jesus, that will sustain all that God wants to do in and through us? Have we made following Him the serious intention of our lives? And are we relying on Him and His strength or are we headed towards burnout because we're trying to do a bunch of things in our own strength? 
And does that intention to follow Jesus show up in any way in our lives? Do we have in place what we need to help us meet this moment now and for the future blessings of God that is coming and for the roles and responsibilities and leadership that he has for us as he grows us and he multiplies? Are you ready for what he's called you to? And if you're like, no, I have no idea, I want to do a plug for a Following Jesus course. It's a course that we've written here in BCV that helps us build rhythms of prayer, Sabbath, studying the Bible, intimacy with Jesus, and much, much more. It helps us be healthy as we follow Jesus in real friendship with Him, how we lean into His presence and receive His resources every single day. It's like, let somebody take you by the hand and show you how they follow Jesus type course. And if you've never had that before, it's absolutely vital to following Jesus and we want to help you with it. So you can go to our life group offerings on our website and would you have a think about our following Jesus course. And I want to issue that invitation especially to the men of our church. Will you as you think about what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to lead at work and lead in my community and lead my family and to be fully present to Jesus? Would you, you know, will you think about that? Will you think about placing yourself right there and building rhythms in Jesus' presence that help you do that? Well, lastly, I just want to say this. We, we aren't going back. We aren't going back. What do I mean by that? Uh, you know, we aren't moving out and then when the renovations are done, moving back in to go back to what we knew in the past or what even Cave Hill was like in the months that we were in it. We'll be coming into a brand new space, done up how we need it, designed for growth and multiplication of ministry, and I believe the Lord is going to multiply us there. And I think we need to understand that and be ready for it and prepare for that. We're going to be opening a facility designed for 24-7 ministry in just many different creative ways, as many different creative ways for ministry as you can dream up. And the Lord is going to gather people to that who need Jesus, who need led and welcomed and embraced, people of all walks of life. And we've never had that kind of facility before. We've never had that shape of church before. We've always had a borrowed building, a rented building. We've always just had to make do. So this season that we're coming into, uh, we're not going back to something we knew. We're coming into something new and wonderful, and we need to prepare for it. You know, we prayed for a building for 20 years, but we also prayed about evangelism and healing and leadership development and missions and worship and compassion and church planting and much, much more for those same 20 years. And he isn't giving us this space just to have a laugh in. He'll bring people. He'll multiply us. He'll empower us. And that means we have a moment to meet with faith and joy and our full attention. And we're not going to want to miss it. So are we ready to not miss the preparation time? to practice being present now as the Lord prepares us to ensure that there's rhythms of being with and receiving from Jesus in our lives now as we pray and dream about all that he's going to do in and through us in the days and years ahead. Let's not miss these days. Let's not miss these moments. Since about April time, I've been thinking about John chapter 6 and the feeding of the 5,000. And after Jesus multiplies the loaves and fishes, he sends his disciples out to collect the leftovers. And in John chapter 6, he says to them, waste nothing. Make sure nothing goes to waste. We are in a moment where there will be all we need from Jesus, but nothing can go to waste, including our time, especially time. We can't waste this moment we are living through and leading in. There's no doing things for the sake of doing them. No more putting things off for when I have more time 
or more energy or when I'm holier or something like that. Everything and everyone must count. Time can't be wasted. Time must be made. We must make time for the kingdom of God. We must make time for the kingdom and the king and for the things the king has for us to do. I believe the Father is working and now is the time. There's no better time and hear me, there may be no other time. We've been chosen to serve and love Jesus and the world he loves in these days and no one is going to do that for us. There's never going to be another time like we're in now. This moment from the Lord, but we'll need to respond to it within these moments. So will we prepare? Will we be present? Will we pray? Will we dream? Will we respond in faith and allow the Spirit of God to move and speak and empower and to call us even now? Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For all the latest information about what's happening in the life of our church, or if you have any questions or comments, head over to BelfastCityVineyard.com.